Friends, I've been drawing some deep encouragement from these words of the Apostle Paul. I'm going to try to share that encouragement with you this morning. The encouragement for me comes from the way Paul speaks into Timothy's life. We'll get to what Paul says in a minute, but do you know what I mean by this? Have you ever had someone speak into your life? Maybe a mentor or a friend, a coach or a teacher sits you down and lays things out for you? can come in a variety of ways. can be sort of like a come-to-Jesus moment. Did we have some come-to-Jesus moments in the last few days with the yard sale? I think I saw a couple. <laughs> um, with midterms and mid-semester projects underway, there might have been several come-to-Jesus moments in the last few weeks. It's like an intervention. You might have that friend who's in the middle of something. Maybe they're making some very unhelpful life choices, a relationship that is so destructive, but they just can't see it. Maybe some bold but very ill-advised fashion choices. And you, as a good friend, might need to speak into their life to help them see what's happening if they can't see it. Or maybe you're the person who needs that intervention from someone who loves you enough to take you aside and say, dude, you're blowing it right now. And you can't pull off that fanny pack either. (laughs) Now, speaking into a person's life isn't always about confronting someone with something that they're doing wrong. It's about confronting a person with the truth, with something that's true about them or about a situation. This truth doesn't have to be a devastating kind of criticism. We all know that person who thinks that they're blunt, they're just telling it how it is, when really they're just being a jerk. (laughs) You look terrible in red. You're never going to succeed in life, and people don't like you. That is harsh, and I don't think I needed to hear that on my way to the doctor. Speaking into a person's life does not mean being casually cruel in the name of being honest. To speak into a person's life is to try to help them see what you see that's true about them, to mold and shape how they see themselves. And this is weighty stuff. It is a weighty privilege to speak into a person's life. It is deeply personal. It can have enormous ripple effects. It shouldn't be done lightly. But when it's profoundly needed, when a person is going through that low, life-sucking, chaos-filled darkness, you've got to do it. You've got to speak into their lives. They need you right there to speak the word that will bring light, perspective, encouragement, and affirmation. A word of life that gives breath. I have been blessed to have such friends in the past whose words are like coming up for air, fresh water in parched places. They know how to check me. They know how to do the tough love thing too. But they also know how to bring the perspective that helps me see not just what I'm doing, right or wrong, but that helps me see who I am and how God sees me. Speaking into a person's life has great power. 
And this is what I see Paul doing in our reading from 2 Timothy. Let me show you what I mean. You might want to follow along if you've still got your Bible open. Here is how Paul addresses Timothy. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever you're going through right now, Timothy, good or bad today, better or worse tomorrow, beloved. Loved is what you are. That's the truth that I'm invoking about you right now. At your core, you are beloved. You are loved. That's what's true about who you are. And then comes the rest of that greeting. And this is the bit that first got me thinking down the road of speaking into a person's life. It's the way Paul invokes grace, mercy, and peace over Timothy. Those are familiar words in the church, grace, mercy, and peace. But try to feel them washing over you right now. Try to receive them as pronounced over you when you really need to hear them. Grace, mercy, and peace. When you really need someone to speak into your life, can you think of better words to hear? Grace, receive grace, receive goodness upon you. Mercy be upon you. Be set free from judgment and shame. Do not be ashamed. Peace, be still, be at peace, be at rest from your running, from your brokenness. Be put back together again be made whole. Grace, mercy, and peace to you. And Paul adds the origin of that grace, mercy, and peace he's invoking. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I know this is a letter, so we should expect to have this kind of formula of an address line with some sort of greeting or salutation from Paul to Timothy. Hope you're doing well. But I love this as a statement about how Paul is choosing to relate to Timothy right now. To Timothy, beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God. What he's sharing from Timothy is in the presence of God and comes from God. In terms of speaking into Timothy's life, Paul is setting this letter up so that all of what he's about to say is already drenched in the movement of God into Timothy's life. Can you imagine greeting one another that way? Like, I'm going to speak into your life right now, and it's coming with the full movement, the full weight of God's eternal grace, mercy, and peace toward you right now. Here's how I want you to see yourself, and it's how God sees you. So what does Paul want Timothy to see in the light of this grace, mercy, and peace from God? I'm going to try to speak in the person of Paul now, like I have been doing, and I hope you can put yourself in the position of Timothy, and you can hear these words of encouragement speaking into your life today. Timothy, you're not alone in your faith. Yes, I, Paul, am here for you, and I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. 
But the faith that lives in you is a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. You have always been surrounded by a family of faith, by people who have believed in you, who have been with you every step of the way, cheering you on, pushing you forward, bringing you to where you are in faith today. This is your family of faith. And your family of faith believes with you. They stand alongside you and behind you. They have believed for you from the days before you could walk or believe for yourself. And they continue to believe for you on the days when you can't muster faith for yourself. But Timothy, this faith of your family, this sincere faith, I am sure that it lives in you. I was there laying my hands on you in prayer, and I know the gift of God's grace is alive in you and will not let you go. Rekindle that gift of God. The fire is not out, even if it's looking dim. The fire is not out. It doesn't need to be kindled for the first time. Rekindle it. Let's breathe some fresh air on it, and it will be a roaring flame again. Because, Timothy, the gift you have been given, the gift of the Spirit living in you, is not a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. If you're feeling the pressure right now, if you're feeling tired, don't, don't give in. Don't give up. Don't fall back. The power and the love and the discipline is right there within you, ready to catch fire. Timothy, do not be ashamed when things don't seem to be working. When you see me, Paul, in prison, or when you find yourself suffering in this work for the gospel, don't rely on those external measures of success. Rely on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. The grace of God has never been about our own power to make things go right. So things going well or poorly are not a good metric of whether the grace of God is with us. God's grace is a gift. It's not something you receive because you've done something to deserve it. It's grace. And this grace, Paul says, was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Jesus was for you from before the beginning. Before I, Paul, was for you, Jesus was for you. Before your mother and grandmother were for you, Jesus was for you. You are not alone in this. You have a family of faith with you, but more importantly, you have the eternal God with you. And if God is with us, who can be against us? This does not mean smooth sailing or endless victories. Obviously not. Paul is in prison writing these things. It's because he preaches this grace of God in Christ Jesus that he suffers as he does, says Paul. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. The whole point is that our faith 
comes not from worldly metrics of success, but from Jesus, the one in whom we've put our trust, from who he is and what he has done for us. We don't trust in ourselves for that. Jesus is the faithful one in whom we put our trust. So hold fast, hang in there, guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Press on. It will be at the end of this second letter to Timothy that Paul says, the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And I think, I think that's what he hopes Timothy can do by the way he speaks into Timothy's life, that he could encourage Timothy to keep on going, to fight the good fight, to finish the race, to keep the faith. I think about the incredible amount of energy we expended in the last few days and weeks and months for the yard sale and how we felt at the end of the day yesterday finishing that race. But I also think about the incredible causes our energy has been dedicated to and how each and every one of those nonprofits, those ministries are involved in fighting a good fight that is not done, but continues. The work of joining hands against a public health crisis in the midst of life-threatening poverty. The fourth judicial court in the fight against addiction and prison's revolving door. The Boys and Girls Club supporting, encouraging, and empowering young people. The work of safe space against abuse, fear, and domestic violence. The work of today's Peace and Global Witness offering, promoting peacemaking and reconciliation and empowerment. As we stand at the end of one race and recognize how much else there is to do, I think about our reading from the prophet Habakkuk in the way it paints a picture of that moment of desperation in the walk of faith. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not listen. Will justice ever prevail? I wonder if Timothy had these prayers and these thoughts, if he was at that place. Will the good fight ever end? That's right where speaking into a person's life like Paul does makes all the difference in the world. To speak to the support of the family of faith and to the gracious and active presence of God right here today. We don't always acknowledge the power of language, of words to do this kind of work where what we're saying claims the power to do the very things that we're saying. There are a few places in ministry where I get to have a heightened sense of this, where I have the privilege of speaking to an act of God in our lives that's happening as we speak. First time this really hit me was when I was doing a wedding and pronouncing that a couple is now married. I now pronounce it's happening as I speak the words. The other places I feel this power is in the sacraments. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Something holy is happening right there as those words are spoken into that person's life. And as I'll say here just a little bit at this table, the body of Christ given for you, as surely as those words are spoken, and as surely as you receive this bread and this cup, be assured that you are receiving God's grace, mercy, and peace. We don't always notice it, but words always have this potential. 
this profound power to speak into a person's life, to invoke something. I think it's interesting that we use the term come to Jesus moment to describe a conversation that will bring someone face to face with like a harsh reality, something brutal. Those are hard conversations to have sometimes. They're important. But shouldn't a come to Jesus moment be a time we speak into one another's lives, the grace, mercy, and peace of God? The good news of Jesus that leaves us refreshed, encouraged, and ready to press on? Look for those opportunities in the days ahead to encourage one another this way. You have the gift within you to speak into one another's lives. Rekindle it by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Receive the grace, mercy, and peace of God through Jesus our Lord and fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. Amen.